like this. <laughs> Going, oh, can we feel? Okay. <laughs> Let's let all of the blood drain back down the other way so that it doesn't pound as much as it is. Well, well anyways, welcome to Hip and Humble. I'm Aram. And I'm Mom. And we talk about all things antique and collectible. You're being a, he's being mean. I am always mean, actually. I can't even say that I'm not. No. He's being mean because for all of us listening, I have my hand above my head because my hand's swelling because I broke it. Yeah. And her arm's poking funny. She was, uh, she was in a, what, what do I call it? A ninja street fight? Oh, please. Yeah. So basically she went just full jet Lee and was karate chopping. Uh, there were trees being thrown at her. She was karate chopping them in half. And I believe she even, uh, karate chopped an entire, like, person's head in half yeah. with once, uh, with one swoop. And that's what actually, is that, that, is that that's, what happened? That's what broke the hand. Oh. Yeah, I don't think so. No? Um, I'm no. remembering it differently. Yeah, t- totally differently. Cause I was with your brother uh-huh. hiking glacier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we crossed over the river yeah. there. Or it's, it's a creek. They call it a creek, but it was a river. Mm hmm. And, uh, yeah, fell a few times, and then one of the times it fell, I hit my hand on a rock. So, yeah, broke it on a glacier. Yeah, that's not exactly the same as a ninja fight. No, hmm. but that part's the truth. Just like when I did my elbow, <laughs> I just stepped off a curb and landed yeah. <laughs> on the palm of my hand. It's just that exciting. Only this time, it was on a glacier. <laughs> well, and before we get too much further into that, we are supported by Hip and Humble Antiques, LLC. We've got two locations. One just outside of Fredericksburg, Virginia in Oldies Book Goodies, and another one at Rank Gallery just outside of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma in Bethany, Oklahoma. And for those of you that are not local and not all about traveling, we also have an online store on Etsy. That's Hip and Humble Antiques on Etsy. We are also supported by the WGSNDB Going Solo Network. It is a national online radio network with tons of great creators. Yes, we are. Absolutely. Yes, we are. Well, history, especially ancient history, is fascinating. Obviously fascinating to me because I talk about it at least once a week with my mother. Yeah. Well, true. <laughs> it is strange to think about how we as a species have come from living in small family communities to what we have now. <clears throat> what do we have now? Big house. Yeah, that's true. Or not big house, just a house. Just a house. I mean, definitely bigger than the things that they lived in. True. But I think that what's most interesting to me is the fact that our collective intellect has been the same since that point. People have always tried to make their lives easier, and our intellect has allowed us to move further and further towards a world where everything is as simple as saying what you want. I mean, with Siri and Google and Alexa and all yeah, these things. Yeah, I don't things. do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of those things, you just say what you want, and there it is. Yeah, I don't do that because the other things are listening. Well, that's very true. With respect to intelligence, emotion, ambition, and personality, we are the same as those that came before us, uh, even those thousands of years ago. Well, that is very true. Yeah. But I would like to think that we progressed, but I really have doubts. (laughs) Really have doubts. I think we're kind of like on a line. (laughs) Maybe like dipping down. Maybe plateaued a bit. (laughs) And then dipped. (laughs) A lot. Well, yeah. But to me, it seems that the easier that we try to make our lives now, the more we really do lose touch with what it means to be human, to be alive. Yeah, I could see that. Nevertheless, it is true that the ancient ancient people probably felt the same, and they had the same 
capability of thought. Um, They all had to ask a lot of the same questions that we do today. And I do think we really haven't changed that much. Yeah, no, I completely agree. History repeats for a reason because we all think the same stuff. Yeah, well, we talked about this previously. We might, we might think it in different terms, but it's pretty much just the same stuff. Well, we talked about this before in saying oh, yeah. that, and saying that people for the for all of history have asked the same questions over and over again. Oh, sure, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. And I think people ask the same questions over and over again. And frankly, I think a lot of times they just make their life harder than what it has to be. Right. And I think a lot of these questions in and of themselves do that specifically make your life harder. If you're sitting there constantly asking if I'm real, you know, Descartes, or if I, my thoughts are real, if I can trust my own thoughts, or if I think, life the, I is think g- the one main question that all the generations is, is there a God? Yeah. That's the, that's the and, biggest And one. I think that all of the people, um, have worked out so many different ways to justify their reasoning of why they don't want to believe in God. Right. Or the existence of a supreme intelligence or, or anything of that accord. Yeah. And I, I think that that is absolutely But it's always true. the same question. It is. It is. Different forms, but same question. Yes, absolutely. But but today we're going to be talking about the answers to, to one really great question. Oh, yeah. What's that? Yeah. How do I carry all this stuff from here to there? <laughs> That is a great question. <laughs> it is a question that plagues me on a daily basis. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, especially now. Like poor well, hand. Well, yeah. You know. I really did actually break that, break that hand. And it's been, I don't know, I've been back about, I don't know, three weeks or three so. Three weeks or so, yeah. But it's one of those, I knew I did it when I did it, but I didn't really want to think about when I did it. And I thought maybe, see, here's how I'm justifying this in my mm-hmm. head. Okay. I probably just bruised it really good because I will say in my own defense, in December, when I went with my youngest son to pick up his motorcycle mm-hmm. and they're putting it on the ramp and mind you, I am 10 to 15 feet off to the side. Yeah. And that bike ramp slaps out from under that bike, goes over and hits me straight in the shin. Oh. Big old bone bruise. I still have a bump where that bone bruise is. Yep. So I'm thinking that's probably about the same thing. Fair enough. Well, but, I, I think that uh, that's kind of just the, our family's attitude towards those kinds of things. Yeah. You remember when I broke my arm? Yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I broke my arm. I slid on a bit of sand and braced myself uh, with my left arm and it hurt, but not enough to where I was like, oh, it, you know, the bone wasn't sticking out. It wasn't like broken in yeah. half. It was just that it had crapped, cracked the tibia, but you know, it hurt quite a lot, but not any more than I had been hurt previously. So I was like, oh, I'm fine. And then I rode yeah. my motorcycle 130 miles in 27 degree weather. No, it was 32 degree weather. Got hypothermia, came here. We did family pictures and then the next day I rode 130 miles back and then I looked at my arm and it was swollen about two two sizes that uh, more than it should have been and I said hmm you know what I think I should go to the ER yeah well it was mentioned actually when he was here too but yeah well but but because I waited this was just I mean but this was I mean you can see it's not really that swollen no but of course I've had my hand up in my head all day but well yes yes you have not denying that but yeah but, and it's not like when I, my, my number 10 on the threshold pain scale thing is whenever they screw screws into your bones. That, yeah. That's a 10. That is a 10. 
So, every time that's a 10. Uh, yeah, pretty much every time that's a 10. So yeah, but what do this was we, not a 10. But what do you use to carry little things from one place to another? Oh, I have wonderful things to carry little things from here to there. Sadly, that is one of my things that I love. I love bags. <laughs> yes. I love all kinds of bags. I yes. love little uh, bags, little boxes. One of the greatest things about coming up to the north was to see her excitement when she found a place called the Container Store. They have that in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I know, but, uh, but you were so, awesome, so awesome. excited whenever oh, we yes. got, to, whenever we, you found out there was a container I, and store. And I don't here. really know why it is I love little containers. I love, I love all kinds of containers. I love all bags. Just I love little pouches. I love coin purses. You name it. I well, I will it. say, what anytime we find an antique that's a very small niche thing and it opens up and is a box, that is immediately my favorite thing. Yeah. 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 Actually, there were, I had a puzzle box up there. Yes, did puzzle box. Yes, puzzle did boxes. Did you see the amazing. puzzle box I had? I, I I believe I saw yours. It's a, like a lion. Oh no, I didn't see that one. Yeah, it, it's up there somewhere. Huh? It was really cool. But yes, I like. Yes, those are a lot of fun. Those are a lot of fun. But before folks had bags and purses and all those kind of things and Tupperware and, and little tins. all of that. We had baskets. Baskets. And you know what? I love baskets too. Baskets carry things. Baskets are pretty. Baskets are works of art, such as purses. Purses are also works of art. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you think about it in evolutionary terms, bag or excuse me, purses came from baskets. True. Purses would not be if baskets well, not were. Well, okay. See, I think the way it goes is you got the, the, the basket. Right. And then they put the cover on top of the basket because some Ding dong down the road was like dipping their hand in the basket, taking stealing stuff out of it. Food probably. So then you gotta, well, you never know. Whatever it was. I mean, Moses was in a basket. That's true. That's true. So then you got the cover on the basket. Mm -hmm. Then probably they figured out how to do that. So then now you gotta zip it up. Mm, Yeah. So yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it could just be, you know, traced back to crime. Oh, that was just worth it right there. <laughs> oh, you should see his face. He's turning totally red. <laughs> oh. The secret ingredient is crime. <laughs> oh man. You know, I could I could write you a whole paper on how many things in our history have been started because of criminals. Well, you might need to do. I that. might need to. Might to. We that. might have to do it. We might have to branch out and do a special episode of featuring featuring crime. Crime. Oh, that would be so good. Actually, that would be kind of. I, fun, I'm actually. It? I think we should. I, that might be. If you guys like that idea, comment on this YouTube video, or if you're on an Instagram, comment on our Instagram and tell us that you want us to do an episode on crime. Crime. Oh, you know what? We could do like that. Um, like get the antique and trace it back to the to the was it like Crime Stoppers antique crime oh finders? like in like cr- or criminal antique investigation there you go I like that so back to baskets though when speaking of Moses in the basket when did baskets start baskets are actually one of they were the first human uh, craft well and I don't really even look at it I think we look at it as, as a craft then it was. I got to get this 
to here for this. Well, from here I got to here. store this, or you know, I have a I have a ton of uh, material or a ton of small things that I you know that are very light. But I if I but if I carry sure. but I can't carry them all at once. I mean, it's it was baskets were made out of necessity. Absolutely. Well, so they actually predate pottery and stone carving. Oh sure. Yeah, they began around what we think. Uh, realistically, baskets have been around since human history. Like humans have existed. Did Adam and Eve make baskets? I'm sure they did. To be honest, I'm have. sure they did. They probably did. I, w- I absolutely well, not Well, you know what? It. After they sinned and they made the clothes and stuff, I bet they had. They already knew. I how mean, to they weave. knew how to sew things together at that point. Or so. weave. Or weave, yeah. Well, and we'll talk about that. There's diff- lots of different kinds of ways to make baskets. Yes. And yes. weaving yes, weaving is one of them. But but as far as uh, the evidence, physical evidence that we have, uh, pre, excuse me, I guess archaeological evidence is what I should say, of what we have, the best guess that they have is anywhere between 6,000 and 8,000 BC. So the earliest evidence that they have of basketry is actually from pottery. So it, it's on pottery shards that are dated before 8,000 BC, and they were found in Gamblos Cave in Kenya, and these pottery shards have the impression of basket work. So it's evident that there was a basket that was leaning up against the clay of this pot whenever or sitting on it or sitting on it or something 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 of that accord yeah and if you guys want to learn a ton about baskets i found that there is an awesome book you can check out it is called the complete book of basket and basketry by dorothy wright and you know what i want to thank dorothy personally for writing that book because that's fantastic and and the name dorothy to me seems like the kind of person that would write a book on baskets yeah, maybe so. Dorothy always kind of scares me a little bit. So, well, I, that's because you're scared of uh, the Wizard of Oz. I am. Yes, I'm from Oklahoma. <laughs> that's fair. Having a tornado come and take you from your house is a very, very real fear. That yeah, is a very real fear. Yes. So, I don't want to watch horror movies, and yeah. that would be it. Yeah. Well, we, we kind of alluded to it before, but of course, baskets were started because of necessity but they, were. they they eventually became an art and then a fine art and a fine craft and they were used for literally everything the native americans used them in every single portion of the food oh, sorting yeah. uh cooking or storage process they would cure the meat in baskets they would dry the meat in baskets they would salt the meat in baskets they would store the cooked meat in baskets there was baskets were and they were used use and make different sizes and uh Sizes and types of baskets for different portions or different places within well, you know, the food what's processing. It's kind of interesting just thinking about the the Indians. Um, yes, they did all of that. All of that. They they made the baskets out of necessity to fill a need for something that they had. Mm-hmm. But as we have come farther along in technology and all that kind of stuff, the basket weavers are still there. Of course, not not yeah. as many no, at all. No. But it kind of somehow. In some way, morphs from a necessity into the art form. Absolutely. Well, because it, it's before, interesting. They really weren't an art. It was just yeah, we need a, need a basket to carry fish. Yeah, but it, I will say. So, what was interesting about that specifically is during the 1800s is right around that time whenever that kind of shift happened. So, during the 1800s, the Native American baskets became very popular outside of the Native American community. Community, obviously, before then they were still you know very utilized, and they and they were also used as decorations, and they were ceremonial. Sure, and sure. they were passed down between families or made made over and over again uh, to represent different families or generations, tribes, so on and so forth within the Native American communities. 
But after the around the 1800s, whenever was was whenever those baskets turned kind of from what they were to what they are now. Sure. And they became a source of income for the tribes and source of pride, source source of of creativity Mm -hmm. and Um, and and a little way to preserve history. Absolutely. Of course I do have, and you guys put put your keys in it 9 million times. The basket up there was one I bought on uh, Iowa tribe. Right. And and it is a fantastic key holder. I'll tell you what. They put the keys in all the time. It is fantastic. It's really cool because it, it's like, the back side of it is flat and then it's a, you know, rounded basket in the front, but it's smaller. I mean, it's probably four inches something by like four inches by three inches, something like if that. If we were smart people, we would have gathered baskets. Well, I'm pretty sure most people know what a basket looks like. Well, I know, but that's a unique one. Yeah, that is true. That is a unique one. We do have some pretty cool baskets around yep. here. Yeah. I have a huge, um, Italian basket on top of the, um, China cabinet in there that, uh, was for bread. Hmm. So if you go in oh, the yeah. kitchen, you look up there. Yeah. 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 It, it doesn't look as big as it is until you take it down. You're like, oh, that's yeah. a big basket. That's a very large basket. Well, and speaking of <clears throat> baskets from different places, who first invented baskets, or at least uh, who do we have that has recorded baskets in history? Oh, gosh. I'm going to go with... Asians or Egyptians? Actually, probably Egyptians because, you know, Moses. Yeah, I was going to say, you kind of, you kind of, you kind of already, uh, hinted yourself yeah. there earlier, but both of those are wrong. Mesopotamia. <laughs> I think that, I think that is Mesopotamia is like a combo between Egyptians and Asian. I mean, it's in the middle as far as ge- so geography is associated, Damn. but it's still, you're still wrong. Still wrong. <laughs> okay. We'll let him have that Ugh. one. Mesopotamians referred to baskets or as children of the gods and the bases of our or of our earth. According to ancient Mesopotamians, people came onto earth transported by baskets. So baskets brought in humanity, according to Mesopotamians. Well, I wish they would have. It'd been a lot easier on me. <laughs> Fair enough. And then, of course, came the Egyptians. Egyptians bakers used baskets to hold their baked loaves of bread and also baby Moses. Yep. Native Americans also used baskets from the beginning of their existence, and they were used, of course, for, like we said before, utilitarian and ceremonial purposes. They were well suited to a seasonal subsistence lifestyle. So basically, they made baskets when they needed them, and they used them for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they were light and they're durable. Yes, very, very durable. And well, and the materials were easy to get. So yes, well, and that's another thing. That another interesting thing about baskets. Obviously, baskets are still made today. A lot of and a lot of the materials that were used in ancient times are still used today. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because there's, like we said, there's there's different types of there's different ways to make baskets. And for the Native Americans, they kind of developed or Native well, and really everywhere else, they developed kind of these four basic techniques for weaving baskets. There's plating, wicker weaving, twining, and coiling. And coiling is the most basic and what is considered the most primitive. Mm -hmm. So coiling is kind of, basically what you do is you kind of wind up a fiber like a snake and then you stitch that fiber every quarter inch or so to the next fiber. Yeah. 
And usually make the, a little circle. Yeah, you just make little circles and attach them together. Yep. And usually the ancient or the the older baskets, they would mostly use grass, and then to bind or stitch the softer grass together, they would either use then harder grass or they would use tree fibers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, that type of basket making technique was used by Native Americans, in- or they would actually use um, gut. Right. Yes, they would use the deer gut or whatever animal gut that they yeah, could. Whatever they had, they would dry it and they would uh, split it apart and make the fibers and use that to sew things with. Yeah. Yeah. They like also thread. use almost yeah, like thread. Almost like thread. They also use that on their arrows uh, to to put the arrowheads onto their onto the air, sticks arrows, and then they would. They also used that as the bowstrings, mm-hmm. yeah, which was really interesting. Well, you used a lot. I mean, you used every part of the animals. Well, yeah, and that's that's the thing that's really cool about those societies and ancient well, I people. Think, you know, I mean, I think well, it's not even that ancient. That yeah, I think kind of growing up, kind of the way that I did, you know, that we were taught from a very young age. You do not, you know. You do not waste anything right. ever. So, I mean, I know I've sat for hours on end going, okay, how can I best use this resource that I have to its fullest extent without wasting one drop or one little bit of anything? All right. Absolutely. And, and I but, will say that I will say that is even to a fault. I mean, well, and it is. Yeah. I, I do. I, I think it, I mean, it, it can be definitely. So, but that's still, you know, that I remember in, in even in school and stuff when we were, when I was a kid, um, that was Indian Jews. Every single part of that animal. Right. How did, you know, what part did they use for, you know, we had to go through all the parts and figure out what you would do with each of the parts and, yeah. you know, and all that. And it's, you know, it's kind of like, okay, when, when you're kind of taught to think that way, that's how you think. Well, and also I do think some of it kind of to, not to jump too far out, too far into this hole, but I do think some of it is generational to a degree because sure. I think that your generation, yeah, cause I look at, I look at dad and dad does not throw away clothes ever. Oh, I know. Ever. Well, and, he but, doesn't, and he doesn't throw away a lot of other stuff. Well, too. That, but that's yeah. what I mean. I mean, he has cords to things that he does not own anymore. A uh, lot he, of I, I've, I've come down here and I've, I've tried to help clean the clean the basement out, and we did a really good job. I think we did a good job. We did a really good and job. And that bucket of cords, that, that box, bucket, that, actually, is not even it's a not, bucket. It's, it's, a it's box. literally a two foot by three foot box. That's one of them. Yeah, one box. There are There's, there are at least three that I know of that I know of. There are at least three of these boxes I know of full of cords full of cords and i picked it up and i was trying to shoot out the door without anyone noticing and the only thing i don't want shoot out the door are the computers because i want the pictures off of them after i I get the pictures off of them i don't care what you do with them you give me a cd with those pictures i'm a happy camper move on i understand that's it you take my pictures then we have problems yeah but uh, what i what i say when i i say all that all that i don't care i say all that to say that i think that not being wasteful to an extreme degree has manifested in both of you in very different ways. Oh, definitely. And I think that that, uh, from my perspective, it seems like it make it, excuse me, at least it makes sense to me that that comes from the influence of like Uncle Lonnie and and those uh, people in your life that went through the Great Depression. Well, yeah, you know that that's what well, makes my sense grandma, to me. my my grand, my both were my grandmothers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, and my and my mother, but well, my mother wasn't born till forty two. Yeah, no, that's so she but, wasn't. But I mean, that's at when least you're when two you're, decades removed, when you were raised though by people that you know went through that, then you know that's just kind of the way it is. I know I've told you before, but 
We used to go to my Aunt Winnie and Uncle Lloyd's house in Tulsa. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I never thought about it too much, but the hoard food. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I, I didn't realize at one point I needed to go to the restroom. And they said, well, go in there and go to the bathroom. I thought, well, I didn't even know that was a bathroom. And went in, and there was a toilet, a sink. And there was food all the way up in the shower over, I mean, canned food. She had canned and canned, I mean, canned peas, green beans, peaches. I mean, you name it, it was in there. Yeah. And I just, but that was, okay. Wow. You know, that wasn't really all that, oh my gosh, what is this? I mean, Mm -hmm. that was just, okay. So, you know, kind of whenever that's what you, you look at. And then even like my grandmother, I remember even after, well, when we cleaned out the attic one time, she had like a whole big old boxes of, uh, the little metal parts that go on the top of your cans, you know, yeah. you'd unscrew them from yes. the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had a whole boxes of those. Wow. You well, know why a, she has boxes of those? Because he uses them. Well, because you, if you have a mouse, you nail that on top of the hole. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she did. She used them for all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Well, was, I mean, that's, ingen- I mean, I believe that ingenuity is, is important. And I yeah. think that that, but, I mean, that's, that was part of it is we've got this can. How can we best use it? But that's what I'm saying. I think that ingenuity and that being able to use things for in multiple ways for things that they're in ways that they're not technically designed to be used, I think is being in, is be as, is a great tenant to have and a great way to not be wasteful. And yeah. we are going to talk more about that when we come back Okey-dokey. from our break. Hi, my name is Kaylin, and I'm the host of a new podcast called Tea Time Thoughts. Do you ever wish you could learn more about history, books, music, art, and culture, but you just don't know where to start? I totally feel your pain. Learning about all these things can be so overwhelming. Well, I want to change all of that for you. In my podcast, Tea Time Thoughts, I'll show you just how fun it all can be. In the time it takes to have a cup of tea, I'm going to teach you everything from the French Revolution to the Black Plague, Mozart to Broadway musicals, Da Vinci to Robert Frost, Ancient Egypt to Queen Elizabeth II, and more. You can stream Tea Time Thoughts wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So what are you waiting for? Put the kettle on and listen to Tea Time Thoughts today. Welcome back. Welcome back to Hip and Humble. I am still Aram. And I'm Mom. And we talk about all things antique and collectibles. And today we are talking about baskets. Baskets. We are supported by Hip and Humble Antiques, LLC. We have an Instagram page that I am on every day, and I will respond to anything that you put on there. And you never know. I might get a wild hair, so... What was that? Oh, sorry, I. Was just, you know what? You are just not. <laughs> you are not nice today. I might be. Oh my goodness! Yep. I'm just not even going to talk to you anymore. Well, I might get a wild hair and respond. You don't know. You might. You very much might. I mean, it. it you know, probably not tomorrow since I got to go to the orthopedist yeah. to see what they're going to do about my hand. But. You'd have to, you know, get the log on information, actually log on to Instagram, possibly install I the have application. It on there. You have it on my phone. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, but you, oh, oh, look at the little snotty boy. You don't, you don't have the hip and humble account. Look at the account. little snot boy. Yeah, I do. Yes, I do, little snot bubble. Anyways, please follow us on there. And that is H-I-P-N dot humble. That's hip in dot humble. Follow us on there so you can be a part of all of this fun. And yes, you are following it. You are not an administrator of the account. Yes, I didn't say I was. <laughs> But if somebody says something on there, then I can say something back. That is very true. That so, is very true. You can respond with your Instagram. I'll on tell you that. what, you're just not being very nice. Well, me. I'm never nice. 
I'm not a nice boy. <laughs> also, if you like what we're doing a lot, a lot of troubles, and you want to support us, wait till we us. get off the off all this, and you're gonna get in trouble. Oh, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get reamed. <laughs> so, yeah, so if you really like what we're doing, and uh, you want to see me get reamed, maybe we will. I will film it in secret and put it on our Patreon page. So please subscribe to our Patreon page if you want to leave us a tip. Uh, anything you want and anything you give to us, we will put right back into the show for you. And that is patreon.com slash hip and humble. Patreon.com slash hip and humble. Also, if you're on our YouTube, please, please subscribe, comment, say hello. I will say hello back. We are very excited to finally be seen by all of you. And for those of you that are still listening, we are so super grateful for you listening to us. Also, we are supported by the WGSNDB Going Solo Network. It is a national online radio network with tons of great content and creators, and you should check them out. So before we went okay, away... J- just after looking at the hip and humble on the thingy, yes, I sent you pictures. I, I don't see them. Oh, well, I put them on there. Um, let's see. No. Yeah, I did? No. Mm-mm. I haven't put all of them on there. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting. On what? Christmas? No, I put. I need. I need to spread it out. So I'm. So we're putting multiple things on there on different days, so that we stay, you know, relevant. Uh huh. Her doubt in me is palpable. <sighs> do, do you want me just to spell it out for you, or do you, you got the palpable? Okay, well, this was April thirteenth. What is today? It is not April 13th. It is past that. You know what? It's kind of fun, though, because I'm like looking back at these pictures. I'm like, we've sold that. We've sold that. We've sold that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So It's pretty cool. We're, we are excited for all of you guys. Every, every one of you guys that comes in our store, we're, we're really excited, and uh, we're happy that you find something you like and take it home with you. That's the greatest thing about having an antique shop is we find all these cool things and then we get to give them to people. Well, to enjoy. I, saw, I was at the shop today and I, I did a, uh, well, go in and I put some new stuff out and refresh and clean up and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And folks, if you guys leave your coffee cup, can't play, you know, coffee, just put your crap in the trash. If it's trash, <laughs> put it in the trash. Cause I'm like, seriously, this is what you do. But anyway, yeah, well. anyway, there was a really sweet lady there and she was, um, her son, I guess it was her stepson, so it was kind of a newly blended kind of deal. Interesting. And her um, stepson loved baseball, and ah. I have I have those little piggy banks. Yeah. With the little baseball guys. Cute. It's a little. It's a piggy with a little baseball on them and stuff. So it was really fun. She ended up buying that and and uh, was really excited about you know having it, having kind of a unique gift to give her new stepson. That's really sweet. So it really was. It That's was really, really sweet. sweet. I mean, and it, it that was kind of fun. But I enjoyed talking to her, and of course they're down here on vacation and. And it is real. I gotta say, it's really nice seeing all the all the vacationers, all the tourists kind of coming back in. Yeah, and that's super nice. I've seen the tour buses are like firing back up. And, yep. You know, it's really nice to see people. You know, I've noticed. So they they lifted the restrictions here in Virginia, and I've noticed every time I go I go out now. Um, when I see people's faces, everyone that has their face out in the open, they just, they, is, everyone's smiling. Everyone that I've seen is smiling because I feel like since everyone's been covered up for so long, as soon as, as soon as you get to show your face, everyone just feels the need to, 
Oh, so excited. I know. Well, so it's excited. true. It's very true. It is so, so, so nice. Yes. yes. And it is really nice just to breathe. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah, that is true. That is true. And one thing that is interesting about these times and... Who are we supported by? Well, I already, already said all that. I didn't think you did the second time. I, I did. Okay. You guys, uh, who are we supported by? Because I just said it. No, but <clears throat> I know you're not listening because we were talking about baskets and we were talking about the different ways to make baskets. Yes, First, they are. we started with coiling mm-hmm. and, uh, so we stopped uh, talking about the, the way, or I guess the materials that Native Americans use, but in West Africa, they used and still use sweet grass yeah. to coil their baskets. Well, they with. do. They, mm-hmm. A lot of Native Americans do too. Yeah. Well, like Any kind of grass. It, yeah. It depends. It just depended on the region and what sure. material was available. Yeah. Yeah. And those, the sweet grass baskets are a little bit softer. They're a lot more malleable. So they they stretch a bit as well, which is nice. And they're really popular nowadays in like Florida and beach towns and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, the, another thing that people used to make baskets out of were pine needles. I think it's interesting to think about because I'm sure I've held a pine needle basket at some point in my life because they're still made commonly. I don't know. I don't and, know. I don't know. I mean, pine needles, that, those are pretty short. Yes, they can be, but so pine needles can be really long. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know if I've seen one, like actually seen one. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is they look, Baskets all look like baskets. Well, that's, I mean, that's not true. I mean, you do have, you know, some you can tell are wooden baskets. True, true. And, you know, like the sweet grass ba- baskets are totally different texture. Yes. Uh, I uh, mean, no, the material's true. a different texture. So pine needle would be a completely different texture from that. Yeah. And of course, they're not that long. So, I mean, you got to have some way to get them together. And, yeah. And they're round and they're a little bit harder and, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah. you could, you can always tell. Yeah, I suppose that's true. But I, I, I think it's interesting to think about. So the obviously basket making and basket weaving has excelled because, you know, we've done it for the entirety of our sure. ex, you know, existence. And so even with these pine needle or baskets that are made out of pine needles, they would at this point be kind of melt there. They have different, uh, lacquers and, uh, glues and stuff that could meld them together to the point where you're sure. not, you're not going to see like the, you know, the end of one and the beginning of another. Right. And, and they would be easy to smooth them out as well. Yeah. Sure. So I, I think it's, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, with the advancements and stuff, sure. You can always hide stuff. Right. But that's Absolutely. what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think it's interesting to, to but me. there's always, you know, and the different types of baskets or different materials that make up the different baskets. You know, people collect certain ones. There's some people that only collect oak ones. Right. You know, oak that have been made from split board oak. Right. And some from pine and some from just like the sweet grass or well, something. I think, from, you know, whatever. And we've talked and about we, I think they're awesome. We've talked about collectors before and I think what distinguishes a really interesting collection from one distinguishes collections as being really interesting is their specificity. Yeah. You know, I, I, every collector that I've met that is very specific in what they collect and has a large portion of them is, has been one, an interesting person and their collection specifically has been interesting. What was uh there was an episode previous where we had talked about, what was it? 
So we talked about Andy Warhol's collection, and I believe it was his collection of... Campbell's Soup. Not Campbell's Soup. Peanuts. No. Weird fruit. No, it was something we talked about before. I'm sure. But anyways... I've slept a lot since his His collection, obviously, we talked about it before, and it was very specific, but it spawned the whole industry that we talked about that I'm totally forgetting right now. Yeah. Well, but people, they do, they're very specific in their collections. And, and I've had people that have come in looking for, um, lanterns, Mm -hmm. but they want very, very specific lanterns, whether it's a very, like whether it's a specific railroad or it was a specific color or, you know, Mm -hmm. very, very, very specific things. Yes. And I think that's great. And it's what's kind of neat is whenever, if you're lucky enough to be invited to see some of these people's collections, you know, they'll have an entire room just full of exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's and it's interesting really neat too. to see. Yeah, it's very, it's very neat to see. And it's interesting that, and I think the reason they collect with such specificity is because even the, that small niche of items has such a diversity. Sure. Especially considering the different times that they were made in or the, or the, or the company and the changes that that company went through, so on and so forth. It's just really cool to see the progression of those kinds of things. But back to the different ways to make, speaking of the progression of things, back to the different ways to make Baskets. There is also splint weaving. Uh, that one was traditionally used in Asia. It's obviously, it's still used today. And this method weaves, they weave flat materials together. So instead of the fibers or putting fibers of things together, grass together, pine needles together, they put cane or reed, uh, together and they, they flatten them out and then weave the flat pieces. So both the products of the, that they use, they come from, a, the reeds and the cane, they come from one specific vine called the Calmus retang. And it's interesting because harvesting this vine, this vine is an invasive species. So they, from Asia, from Asia, a lot of invasive species from Asia have made mm. their way over here. Yes. Well, cherry the, blossoms, wisteria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cut you. But because it's such an invasive species. Not that I've had to cut a lot of it down and I'm a little bitter, but you know, whatever. She's not bitter at all, folks. <laughs> no. You can't kill Katsu. No. Yeah. But what's <laughs> interesting is so obviously every time they take this vine out of the jungle, it does not harm the ecosystem at all. So really? it doesn't hurt the rainforest whenever they go and harvest it, which is pretty cool. Yep. And these are. I would give them back their Katsu. <laughs> I bet you would. I bet you would, but those picnic or those baskets are common for picnic baskets, picnic baskets, picnicking, picnicking. Mm-hmm. So, and picnicking is pretty cool. Is it? Yeah, it actually has an incredible history. <laughs> I kind of del. I of course, you know, I was looking into what kind of customs have come from different cultures as far as you know what the things that are associated with baskets. Mm-hmm. Picnics was the first to come to mind, and picnic is revolutionary. Is it? Let me tell, tell me you. More. Well, picnic was originally. Uh, wait, what culture do you think picnics came from? Asia. Nope. Oh, we get another culture? Mm-hmm. Um, Norwegian. Well, good, good guess, but no. <laughs> good guess, but no. I don't know. Those are my two. Picnics came from France. Really? Yes, they did. I didn't think. Okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And, uh, it, well, how did that happen? So, it was originally a 17th century French word called pique-nique. Its meaning was similar to today's meaning. It meant a social gathering where each attendee would bring a share of the food. Picnics were actually the first potlucks. Potluck dinner. Mm-hmm. Best so, food you'll ever eat at church. A French piquer may have referred to a leisurely style of eating or a pique at picature food, or it could have simply meant pick. So just to pick things. What is certain, however, that is that the wherever the term, although the term has some disparities, what's certain is that the, originally it did not refer to anything that we would now recognize as a picnic. It first appeared in Les Chamans Effects de Berchaz. Oulamant. Oulamant. Durable de la Coma. No, wait, it's Compagnon de Frere. Bachique, He's making all this de up. Pique, Nique, in 1649. And I'm not making it up. I'm just butchering the pronunciation. There you go. Butchering the pronunciation. And I am so sorry. And I'm sure French people just don't like me in general. You know what, folks? <laughs> now, because of There's that. There's only so many things you can learn. And sometimes you just have to... You have to give up your dream of learning a beautiful creation so that you can just keep on going with what you got. Well, and, the you French know, language is a beautiful creation. It is absolutely gorgeous. And we, we, we I actually. I like listening to it. I have no had, idea what we, you're saying. We have had listeners from France. And for all of you that have listened from France, love you guys. So, so sorry. Very sorry. So, so, so sorry. And, uh, I will be better. I'll, I'll, I'll just be better. He's gonna try. I will try. I'm just gonna apologize every time because it's good. <laughs> I don't know as I can get better. But this... Uh, oh, but if one of you guys want to come over and stay and you could, like, stay here and teach me, then I might get better. Yeah. And, and then I can visit you. It'd be fun. And uh, See, it's how you make friends. It is how you make friends. And I, di- I didn't realize that uh, we didn't get to the rest of the picnic history, but we, we are out of time. Really? Yeah. Okay. We were really... I was really ready to get going on that. On the picnic history? I was really ready to get going on that. I say, I actually did research... Um, on, uh, a long time ago, uh, on different preserving different foods and yeah. kind of what how they would they ate different foods and whatnot for something completely not related to this and and picnicking that was kind of one of the things that they would take on there were meat sandwiches mm, yeah but it would be like mint like like a mince meat not oh, cooked right. right not just like raw hamburger meat yes with and they didn't really use mayonnaise they used butter. So you'd butter the bread and put the raw meat on it, and then they would eat it like that. Yeah, I read I read somewhere nope. that raw meat was pretty common up until the beginning of the 1900s. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just to give you guys a little taste, because I feel like we're going to have to talk about picnics Picnic. next week. We're going to have because this is just really, really cool. I, I'm okay. really glad we stumbled on it. But to give you a little taste, that play that I butchered the pronunciation of. That was, was a play? Yes, it was a burlesque satire on the perceived hypocrisy of the fronde. And an insurrection against French absolutism. And this is pre la la. this is pre French Revolution for all of you history buffs. This is this is the the, the bubbling, if you will. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But folks, uh, We're before. Have to not, you're not going to be able to drink coffee anymore, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't drink coffee anymore. That's true. We're going to have to get, we're going to find, some, we're going to figure something out. That for you. <laughs> well, before I get too scolded about my energy levels at this time of night, <laughs> stay hip. And humble. All right. Bye. Bye. Uh-huh.